in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. Tony Sanchez will be an offensive analyst at TCU, according to Ed Graney of the Review Journal. So he is uh, back in coaching. And, well, technically, we can't say that. Technically, offensive analyst is not allowed to be a coach. UTEP just got in trouble because their offensive analyst was coaching. But he's back on a college staff under Gary Patterson at TCU. Yeah, um, good for Tony. Uh, I know he, he had waited a while to uh, get a spot and try to get back in. I mean, I think he had a, an ability after UNLV uh, with what they what, what you know what they owed him, and you know he could take his time. Obviously, um, uh, saw him a couple days ago, and uh, then um, uh, looks like it's now official. Looks like he's at TCU working. So I'm happy for him. It's a really good program. Obviously, a really good head coach. Uh, so. You know, you never know. Maybe you spend a year as an offensive analyst and then a, you know, a position on the staff in terms of position comes open and you move to that. But he wanted to get back in and, you know, there are worse places in a power five to go and try to get back in and try to kind of move on your career. I We need to, we need to figure out what is the job description for offensive analysts? Because the power five schools have them. Hell, UTEP has one. I think UNLV might have hired one. Like, you're not allowed to coach. Like, UTEP got in trouble because their offensive analyst was on the field coaching players so i'm I, like is it more or less of a workload than a regular position coach it's someone's dad it's a great question because i mean i i assume i assume it's watching a lot of film i assume it's being in every meeting offensively i'm assuming it's giving suggestions on what you see i i mean i would think you could could you be in the booth during a game I mean, I don't think you'd be on the field, but yes, I, 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 to answer you, okay, if you're in the booth, you're like maybe suggesting things to the corner. I, I, you know, that just seems on the top of my head what it would entail, like being kind of a sounding board or a voice offensively by watching film and, and, and giving opinions. I, I don't know the absolute parameters of the job, but I know he's pretty excited. And like I said, he, you know, you want to get back in and you're going to the Big 12 and the Big 12, you know, if you can get on, like I said, you can move to position coach. You know, if you're in those spots in the Big 12 or at a TCU, I think in your mind there is a good chance then you'll kind of be able to move forward and to continue on uh, in the profession. So, like I said, good for him. I mean, I, I like Tony a lot, um, and I know he wanted to get back in. So, um, you know, he, he is now, and uh, like I said, he's under a really good head coach. What do you think? Shane Dizzoni has decommitted from Arizona, a four-star recruit ranked in the top 100 in the 2021 class, six-foot-four shooting guard. UNLV has reportedly reached out, according to Adam Zagoria. Uh, so you think UNLV can land an actual freshman? They've got a bunch of transfers, but they don't have, uh, they haven't done much in the recruiting class since Kevin Kruger took over. Yeah, I mean, I... I just think, you know, I saw the list. Of, so you might have put out the list of schools. Someone put out the list of schools. I mean, you're battling who you'd expect, a four-star from Arizona who you battle. Um, you're selling to a kid like that, I think, minutes, playing time. I mean, you're going to have to sell something to him over program, right? Because some of the teams on the list are going to like, look, you're going to the NCAA tournament, you're going deep in the NCAA tournament, and you know we can't say that right now. So I think the selling point is immediate impact that he can make. That's just going to depend on how important that kid is to that kid, how important. You know, when you go to Arizona and you haven't played yet, 
I think it's a tough land for UNLV. It's one thing to go to Arizona, play three or four years, and bounce back, right? A lot of kids do that because they're not playing. We've seen we've seen with a lot of kids, Kevin has already signed. They're power fives. They haven't played at all. All right, I'm going to bounce back to Mountain West, and I'm going to play a ton. If you haven't played yet at the power five level or at college basketball level, and you're a top 100 recruit who went to Arizona, that's a tough get, in my opinion. I think usually kids like that will be like, no, I'm a big time. I went to Arizona. I'm going to go to another big time school. We'll see. I just think it's hard to get a kid like that coming out of high school. And I'm not even convinced they would have a ton of playing time to offer him because Kevin Kruger's bringing in transfers and those transfers are going to expect to play. So is is DeZoni as a freshman going to be better than guys transferring in from the Big 12? Because if he's not, he's not going to play here either. So right. I, I don't even know that UNL. I mean, you can, you can tell him, hey, you're going to have every opportunity to play, but I don't even know sure. that UNLV would be guaranteed minutes for a four-star recruit coming in next season. Yeah. Next question. Peyton Krebs will join the Henderson Silver Knights. He could join as early as this weekend. So his season in junior hockey ended, and he's now eligible to join the AHL or the NHL. Do you think we'll see Peyton Krebs either before the end of the regular season or even in the playoffs for the Golden Knights instead of the Silver Knights? Um, well, he was in the bubble, and Pete DeBoer talked about that yesterday. So he's played with NHL players. He's been around NHL players. Um uh, the way I, you know, Pete, like I said, was asked this yesterday by the beat writers. And if you just take his answer for what it is, I think there's a better chance than not you see him. Whether it's, you know, before the regular season ends, whether it's, you know, they get him up for the playoffs. I don't know. They've got injuries. They're mixing up lines. So I would say better chance than not. He certainly, you know, it's like Pete DeBoer said yesterday. I don't consider him, um, I don't consider him, a you know, a minors player. I consider him like a you know a top level not top level but an nhl caliber player so i would think there's a good chance how fascinating would it be if peyton krebs is in a playoff lineup and cody glass is not uh i don't know about fascinating but i don't know how good it would say for cody glass so uh, we've talked about <laughs> you know we've talked about and i think we're going to go into next year it appears that way uh whether they can't bring him up the cap or whatever it is but he's going to go into next year what would it be four or five they pick he's the first overall if he was their first pick it's you know the sixth overall pick we've talked about it before it's getting in the neighborhood of you know you got to show it or not for cody glass and if not then it's going to come back on them and that wasn't a good pick yeah i mean when they get to the playoffs the cap no longer matters so cody glass can come maybe up and he's play like, yeah if if he's good enough but I, I think that's a legitimate question right now is right is cody glass one of the four best options at center for this team he, he might not be Man, you know, that's a great question. Anthony Rizzo struck out Freddie Freeman yesterday. It was a 10-0 game, uh, and they had a position player pitching in the seventh inning, not the ninth. We were in the seventh inning when this happened, and Anthony Rizzo and Freddie Freeman are good friends, and Rizzo struck him out, so Freddie Freeman will never hear the end of that. Uh, I love when they pitch. Yesterday, uh, Alex Blandino did it for the Reds when the Dodgers up 8-0. He came in and got Justin Turner to... Uh to fly out to end the inning. I thought those are hilarious because they were making such a big deal on that telecast that Blandino hit 86. And <laughs> you, you just, you know, as like a hitter, like especially someone's that turn, the season Turner's having, it's like, you can't, there's no way they're timing it. They probably, obviously they know it's coming in slower, but you can just see they're so out in front because they're just not used it, which is a little weird because I would think that's kind of what they see in BP, right? I would think that that's kind of the, 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 um, uh, the mileage they see in BP, they're certainly not seeing like 97 in BP, 
but it's hilarious when they come in and get guys out. I mean, I, I Blandino was on the bench like, yeah, you're coming in. And he like kind of jogs out there. He might, I don't think he had a first baseman's glove on, but it might've been one. I mean, it was very <laughs> strange. The best thing about Blandino yesterday is the talk between the catcher and Blandino lasted like a minute. I'm like, what in the world could this guy be saying? <laughs> um, one, four combination inside. That's a script. It's like, no, just throw it down the middle. We're going to hope these guys hit it at someone and let's go. I mean, that should take like two seconds. So hold on, hold on. Blandino came in and he said he was throwing 87. Yeah, and the, and they made such a big deal. I think it was Hershire said, "Oh, hit 87." Like, uh, okay. I mean, and, and again, that's the difference between Turner seeing like 95 and 96 to 87. That screws these guys up. I mean, you could just tell they're so far out in front and they're popping it up, and it's hilarious. But the best thing was the long discussion with the catcher. Like, I have no idea what he could be telling Alex Blandino at that point, other than try to throw it straight. I mean, well, what else would you tell him? He's not throwing curveballs. Well, because the pitch Rizzo struck Freeman out on was 61 miles an hour. Oh, well, then good for Blandino. He, he, he ran. Yeah, Maybe like, that's why Kershaw was so shocked. I he think it Kershaw, is. Like, hey, it's 87. Yeah. Because every because when uh, Astudio pitched for the Twins, he threw it like 55 miles an hour well, on one of his pitches. Like, I thought it was going to be like Zach Grinke, like, but every pitch. Like, yeah. every pitch just kind of <laughs> lobbing it over there. Like, that would have been hilarious. But no, now they were all fastballs. And I'll, I gave the guy credit, like, the first, the first fastball, like, you know, Turner took, and he was probably surprised it was that straight. Um, and then, again, he, he popped up. He, like, short right field, he popped it up to end the inning. But, yeah, Kershaw, maybe Hershiser, excuse me, maybe Hershiser, that's what he was so jacked up about because the guy was hitting, like, mid-80s. Great question. Thank you. Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs are among the 50 most popular jerseys sold in the NFL. Josh Jacobs came in at 11th and Derek Carr at 44th. Is Josh Jacobs the most popular player for the Raiders? I I mean, I still think it's Derek Carr. I mean, uh, Sam Gordon's in Cleveland at the at the draft, and, you know, they have the locker of, you know, the one player on each team, and that's Derek Carr. It's not Josh Jacobs, so... I, I don't I don't buy jerseys, you know, I'm not a jersey guy, so I have no idea about these jerseys and popular jerseys. But I still think if you ask most people, hey, name a guy on the Raiders or name the first person you think of, I think it'd be Derek Carr. I don't think I would, uh, off the top of the head, I don't think it'd be Josh Jacobs. I would think so too. Maybe maybe Raiders fans are out here trying to like be like, uh, eh, Derek Carr might not be here too long, so I don't want to buy his jersey. Right. It'll be a bad investment. But like if I if I was a Raiders fan buying a jersey Darren Waller would be the one I would buy. Well, he's their best player. Right. And then yeah, yeah. like but that that's what he's their best player yeah. and he's the one most likely to continue being great for the next 4 or 5 years. Like I I mean I get why people like Josh Jacobs, but if I was buying a jersey, it's Darren Waller. Like that's the guy I'm buying a jersey for and and then after that I don't I don't even know who would be second. Like maybe Maybe Cleveland Furl, because you know they're never going to get rid of that guy. Like, maybe, Ma I, hell, Max you, Crosby. I, I just was surprised that Josh Jacobs was the most popular Raiders you, jersey sold. You want bad advice and a bad investment on jerseys? When the Golden Knights first came to town, because my son does like jerseys, uh, he goes, can I get oh, a Knights nice, you know, sweater? And I said, yeah, sure, no problem. He goes, who would you get? Flurry? I said, no, get this guy, because he's going to be around a long time, and you can, like, grow with him. Cody Glass. <laughs> like, I think right now that is in the closet as a bad investment. So it might, it might change, but that was a lot of cash there at the Armory for that jersey. <laughs> he even oh, told me last year, he goes, I should have probably got Flurry.
Oh, I'm just glad you didn't go with Cody Eakin instead of Cody Glass. <laughs> that would have been great. That might have, oh, that might have been actually funnier. <laughs> All right. Conor McGregor sold his ownership in proper number 12 whiskey. Um, uh, so here's my question. He sold he sold his 51% for $600 million. Is this whiskey any good? And like, would people actually buy it to drink it if it wasn't associated with Conor McGregor? Question goes to Jared. Am I out of the doghouse? Am I allowed to talk? Yeah. It's uh, yeah. bad. It's bad? Or what'd you say? It's bad? It's bad. It is okay. not good whiskey. Well, then it's I, a good deal for Conor McGregor. Right? Then I guess yeah. It's yeah. $600 million. Uh, yeah. Cocaine isn't cheap. I was just, I, I couldn't figure out why exactly you would want to buy a whiskey that's Conor McGregor's if Conor McGregor isn't a part of the whiskey anymore. So, so well, all right. So, like, Aviation Gin is Ryan Reynolds' gin. It's really good gin. So, even if he wasn't associated with it, it'd still be a really good small batch American gin. Proper number 12 is bad whiskey. And the only reason you would buy it is because Conor McGregor. Yeah. You just removed your only selling point. Yeah. McGregor's McGregor's bugging me. I I don't know if this story is true, but I want it to be true that he bought the pub in Ireland where he hit the old man and his only stipulation was the old man could never come there. Oh. I mean, I want that story to be really true. I mean, you know, buying a pub was like 100 grand or whatever. That's like change to him, but... If that's happened, that puts him in perspective, but it's a great story, so I kind of want it to be true. That is probably the best definition of F-U money I've ever heard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not, I mean, the money doesn't even, it's not nothing, but the fact that he, like, kicked this poor old guy out of the pub, and you know this old guy in Ireland, that's his only thing he does. He's probably there, like, nine hours a day, that guy. All right, here we go. We got a copy of MLB The Show for Xbox to give away. Caller number six at 702-364-1100. That's 702-364-1100. You will win a copy of MLB The Show for Xbox. Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Tyler is muted. Ed, oh. are you there? I'm here, buddy. Here we go. All you right. Ready? Yeah. Let's oh, I pulled in. a net. I'm here. I'm oh. here. What's wrong I pulled with a you? Net. I, oh. I did exactly what you did. I was muted. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. So Why didn't you just I... come back with hello? 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 Well, I was trying to say <laughs> congratulations to Mike for winning a copy of MLB The Show for Xbox. <laughs> Because MLB The Show 21 is out now, but nobody heard that because I was mute. So, congratulations, Mike. You want to copy the MLB The Show. We'll have another one to give away tomorrow. All right. Let's grade some Golden Knights. Granny's grades. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Grace, grace. Everyone in this room 
is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Grainy's Grades. All right, first topic to grade is Mark Stone's goal. F pass asterisk. F <laughs> pass asterisk. Okay, so the F is for fortunate because Devin Dubnik was in goal and he has no idea what he's doing on the play. Uh, the passes he actually scored. You have to give him a pass. And the asterisk is should it count because it went off Dubnik's back. So, you know, good for Mark Stone that he kept flipping the puck uh, near the net until Dubnik actually, like, bounced it in off his back. I can't give it any more than that. So Mark Stone is fortunate that Grubauer wasn't a net and instead instead Dubnik was. I am going to give this an A+. Plus. <laughs> wow, wait a minute. Are we on the uh, opposite sides of something? <laughs> because, yes, the sport of hockey is very, very dumb. Check. Um, and this is the perfect example of why hockey is dumb. Check. But... The reason I'm giving an A plus is because Mark Stone deserves credit. He was trying to do that. Like, yes, it was a bit of luck that it actually bounced off of Devin Dubnik and into the net. But Mark Stone was actually trying to do that. Like, that was intentional. So of all the dumb things we see in hockey, I mean, hell, last night the amount of goals that were kind of stupid, like, that was actually intentional. He was actually trying to Mm -hmm. bank it off Dubnik into the net. Eh, I'm gonna I'm gonna change also or make an addition to mine and D for D. don't believe that I think he was just flipping it up there and hoping D well, yeah D. yes you're always hoping but he <laughs> well, he was behind the net shooting at Dubnitz back because he was trying to get it <laughs> off his back and into the net uh, it, that's what he, you, you have faith in the captain Asterisk. yeah that's what he was trying to do uh, he was absolutely trying to do that uh, and it worked Asterisk. well i'll tell you what even if he wasn't he'd say he was all right next topic the golden knights 10 game winning streak oh come on a plus pass a plus pass said it before i know that most teams in that league or, or in that division are junior varsities but you win 10 straight and you top off the 10th with beating Colorado. It's hard to win 10 straight at anything, never mind sports, or to do something 10 straight days, never mind that. So I give them all the credit. 10 straight is 10 straight. I don't care who they played. They get an A-plus for me as well. A-plus. Uh, they beat Colorado, who's a real team. Even if they don't have the full strength, they're still probably better than everybody else in this division. So they beat a real team. But more importantly, the 10-game win streak basically gave the Golden Knights the division. Like, yeah. th- this 10-game win streak is why they're going to win the division because they were behind Colorado. And granted, Colorado had to go on a pause because of COVID. But they were behind Colorado, and they were going to have to catch up at some point. And they went on this ridiculous 10-game win streak, and that's why they're going to end up winning the division. Because now, re- I mean, legitimately, the only way they don't win the division is if Colorado ends the season on a 9-game win streak. And, you know, the and even then, Golden Knights would still have to lose some games for that to happen. But... This is why they're going to win the division. This is why Colorado and Minnesota are going to play in the first round, and Vegas is going to get most likely St. Louis at this point. Um, it, it's it's perfect. It set them up extremely well for the playoffs. It set them up as well as they could have asked for for the playoffs to get out of the West and into the Final Four. Next topic is Devin Dubnik. Uh, F. F. Minus. Thing. Minus. Fail. F is for F funny. 
because he gave up. Well, Max Petri's power play goal, I think, was shot from City National Arena and touched nobody. So I don't know how the hell that went in. Uh, he might have been thinking it was going to be um, missed, you know, redirected or might have been tipped. It didn't, though. It just went right by him. We've already talked about clanging it off his back. Um, I think we're going to talk about William Carlson's goal. I'll give him a grade later. But you have to know, or you should know, he's going backhand there. So I, I think Dubnik, if this guy somehow becomes the goalie in the second round of the uh, playoffs, then hello, final four for the Golden Knights. <laughs> so I'm giving two grades to Devin Dubnik. The first grade is an F. F. The simple reason is he allowed a goal on the first shot of all three periods. The first Golden Knights shot on goal of all three periods all resulted in a goal. Devin that, Dubnik could not stop wow. the first shot of any period. But I didn't that realize means, that because in the second yeah. period, I think the Golden Knights' first shot was like 10 minutes in. Yeah, it took a long time, but once they got <laughs> it, it went in the net. So, But the other grade I'm giving Devin, Devin Dubnik is an A. A. Because as long as it wasn't the first shot of a period, he stopped 21 of the other 22 shots he faced. He was great after the first shot. So just, you know, stop the first shot and Devin Dubnik would have been phenomenal. The only goal he would have given up was Mark Stone shooting it off his butt. So there you go. Devin Dubnik, as long as it's not the first shot, was phenomenal. But, you know, you give up the first shot on every uh, on every period, it's not going to go very well for you. All right, next topic is Marc-Andre Fleury knocking over his own net. Incomplete asterisk. Incomplete asterisk. Because I must have been writing my column at that time because I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. Oh, you didn't see so, it? Oh, okay. No, I, okay. I must have been writing at that time. I, I, I have no idea what else. You've got to explain went, it to me. Flurry went to play the puck behind the net, and he okay. did. it ended up with Colorado. And as Flurry's trying to skate back to his crease, he just runs over the net and knocks it over so the refs have to stop play because the net's been knocked over. And Colorado had a cross-ice one-timer set up like that was happening as the net gets knocked over. So Asterisk. I don't really know if he did it on purpose. I think he might have, uh, and it should have been a penalty. But I'll give Marc-Andre Fleury an A for shutting down yeah. a Colorado scoring chance by just knocking the net over. A. If that's what happened, it's an A+. Plus. And a I, my guess plus. is with him, he meant to do it. Yes, I, I think he fine. meant to do that far more than Stone meant to hit it off someone's back. <laughs> All right. Last one for us to grade. William Carlson's goal 10 seconds in. Uh, oh God. C+. Plus. C+. Plus. Oh, that is rough. Had to have had to have the turnover. Um, chased it down. Yeah, I, that's probably unfair. Nice. I like the backhand. I like when they score off the backhand. It's obviously a more difficult shot. Um, I, I'll I'll elevate him. I, I I'm I'm willing to change the grade and read the sentence over and make B sure, uh, minus. Uh, well, there you go. Jared's on top. B minus because I had to read that paragraph over and uh, made sure they wrote it well. So I go B minus. It's a hard shot, and yet I can't go A because uh, you know who was in goal. I mean, if, that, you, now if that's if that's Grubauer, I give him an A. I'm glad you talked yourself into a higher grade for William yes. Carlson. But the grade I am giving out is to Sam Girardi, the defenseman for the Avalanche. He gets an F. F. Because Alex Petrangelo was trying to pass a puck from his own zone up the ice to William Carlson at the blue line. But it was such a terrible pass from Alex Petrangelo that it went straight into the skates of Sam Girardi of the Avalanche, but he was so incompetent that he somehow kicked it into the offensive zone while William Carlson skated past him 
and scored. Like, Alex Petrangelo gets an assist on that, but he didn't actually do anything well. Like, it was an awful pass from Alex Petrangelo right to the other team, but because Girardi was so incompetent, it ended up as a goal for the Golden Knights. So an F for Sam Girardi. F. You can't quickly say pulling the goalie with 421 left, because if that's one of them, A++++. A++++. Plus. I, if they're down two, if they're down two, I wish they'd pull them with like seven minutes left. I think they it's should. hilarious when they pull them this when they, they pull them this It's great. Yeah. I think the I think the math says pull them at eleven minutes when you're down two, I mean, which would be phenomenal. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, Darren Millard joins the show. Do you want to schedule a parent-teacher conference after hearing Grainy's grades? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678 and let us know who deserves a higher grade. Moose, you just keep on moosing. This doesn't concern you. Maroon is not just a color. This is the VGK Update with Darren Milsey Millard. Milsey. What's going on, guys? Who's the Raiders pick? Oh, not yet. Not yet. And uh, once they do, we'll have to Google who it is because nobody will have heard of him before. Uh, not Cody Glass. <laughs> oh, how about a punter or a kicker? Do they need that? Um, no, they don't, but that would not stop them from drafting one. Um, they usually yeah. don't. <laughs> the top four players uh, in games played in the NFL are all, are, are all punters or kickers. That, that seems odd to me compared to the other sports. That sounds like the most useless stat. That's the most useless what, thing you've brought us since you named us the Pirates infield that one time. <laughs> well, I was doing research on when. Did we lose Milsey? Where'd oh, Milsey man. go? No, Did we I'm lose here. him? I'm here. There he oh, is. okay. There go ahead. You were doing research. Yeah, you were doing research. We lost you after that. Well, I was doing Marlowe research, and uh, that's why I discovered uh, when uh, when he came through. Well, things. you know, it, in in the sport of football, everybody gets hit like all the time, except for the punters and kickers. So yeah. they can play till they're fifty as long as their leg doesn't yeah, fall off. I always thought they'd get hurt more when they die, pretending to be hit, uh, but, <laughs> but, but maybe not. Um, Darren, I, I need your help um, because Ed doesn't believe me. Please convince him that Mark Stone was trying to score a goal off Devin Dubnik's back last night. Oh, he was. He tried uh, not once, but twice uh, to oh. score off him. Uh, and here, here's what I was wondering, and I asked, I asked this question uh, around my surroundings last night. Do those count as shots on goal if you're shooting from behind the net? And, oh. and I've been around the game my entire life, and I don't know whether those actually count as shots on goal. Uh, but he was definitely intentionally trying to score on both of those uh, those attempts from behind the net. Well, let me not put it on a tee for the five-year-old tee ball because I knew what you were going to say about that. But um, so you would have never you would have never said he he didn't want to do that. I stand by my <laughs> contention that the goalie stinks, and I hope they hope that Colorado's got to get uh, their goalie back because that guy's no good last night. But uh, speaking of goalies. Marc-Andre Fleury has played, we believe, every game against Colorado. It was, yes. was terrific Confirmed. again last night. They yeah. have one more game against Colorado, and if it's wrapped up, maybe DeBoer takes a look at Leonard. No matter what happens in the first round, is there a matchup 
advantage with his athleticism or whatever. Is there any reason why nothing against Leonard, he is better against that type of team? Well, I think that you would lean towards that just based on what Pete DeBoer did the last time that they played the Colorado Avalanche. And uh, they lost 5-1 in the first game of the two-game set, and he came right back with, with Marc-Andre Fleury in game two and and, and said that uh, he deserved the, the start because of his play earlier in the season. Uh, I, I agree w- with that, but I also think that uh, that there's something else, uh, other things that, that motivate Pete DeBoer in, in that circumstance, and that was uh, Marc-Andre Fleury's play previously against the, the Colorado Avalanche, and, and it might be an analytics uh, thing. It might be an eye uh, eye test uh, convincing, uh, but but there is certainly something that that made uh, Pete DeBoer go away from his rotation for the first and only time uh, that both goaltenders have been available during the regular season. So uh, I would be inclined to to go along with your uh, suggestion, uh, Ed, and say that there is a matchup uh, thing or something that feels right, and uh, it. There's there's two things. One, you, yeah, you hide the goaltender that you're going to face against the playoffs. Uh, you don't want to show your hand. But when when he's played all seven games uh, against them during during the season, and he's not just the record, the, the four and three record's good, but the numbers uh, uh, when you go through the the, the various uh, goaltending columns are exceptional uh, for Mark Andre Fleury. So uh, I think that there's definitely something there for you to to base an argument on. Is there okay? So this idea on matchups because we don't we don't usually talk about oh the goalie's no. a good matchup no. for this specific team. Like, is there a chance that they could like oh Robin Leonard's going to start the first round and if they get through St. Louis or whoever that we hear yeah Flurry's a great matchup so we're changing our starting goalies for the second round. It would be highly unusual, but could you see a rotation in the first round and then go with somebody in the second round? I think that's probably more likely uh, of a scenario. Uh, I, I don't think you'd want uh, somebody sitting and, and not playing for two weeks uh, if, a, if a series went the distance uh, in, the, in the first round and then hopping in. That, that was not generally the way that you would, uh, you would put somebody into a, a highly uh, uh, serious and uh, important uh, situation. So I, I would, I would uh, be more believing that if there's a rotation the first round, you might settle on somebody for the second round because of a great matchup. Or if both goaltenders are incredible in that first round, you may just continue the rotation until somebody falters. It sort of looks like the Blues have a heartbeat now the last week from some of their results, and if it ended today, that's who they would get. So, And I know it's playoff it, hockey, it, the whole cliche, anything can happen, I get that, but... What if, what if that is the matchup? Is it, what stands out to you right away off the top of your head if St. Louis is kind of, let's say, at their best of the year? Uh, it started right after they played the Golden Knights, uh, and, and, and Vegas filled them in in the first game, and then it was uh, a little bit more competitive. And uh, I, I was told that there were some, some conversations between management and the coach and the players, and, and uh, things got uh, a little intense, and, and things have turned around since then. Uh, what, what would concern me, there's two things. One, their, their power play is a little bit better. Uh, they've got uh, some things working. Ryan O'Reilly's engaged with, with Mike Hoffman. Those two players are producing, and their goaltender's way better. 
much, much better. I think he he was either challenged or took it upon himself uh, to, to, to put things on his shoulder. But uh, Jordan Bennington, uh, and it's not just last night getting into it again, uh, going off the ice and, and doing that, those kind of uh, shenanigans, which I love and, and enjoy immensely. But uh, it's got more to do with just he's, he's stopping more pucks, uh, a lot more pucks, and looks like the goaltender that, uh, that went to the Stanley Cup final. I, I've been uh, saying this for a while now, that, uh, that they are a team that uh, would, would scare me, would concern me going into, uh, into the Stanley Cup playoffs. And you just have to look back to the comments that were made at the start of the year. That, uh, that these were the top four teams, Minnesota, St. Louis, uh, Colorado, and, and Vegas. And, and if, if St. Louis is going good, then, then yeah, they, they're, they're a team that, uh, that would cause concern. So uh, give me your chances that this happens. Peyton Krebs plays in a playoff game for the Golden Knights. Chances? That's, uh, that's a good one. Uh, it, I mean, if uh, you're talking first round, I, would, I don't think so. Uh, but uh, but in the later rounds, like like what we saw uh, when when he was the closest he came in the bubble was the last game of the the bubble, uh, so game five against the, the the Dallas Stars, and he was taking warm up before that. And that's that's the third round uh, of, of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So uh, yeah, there's uh, there's there's a chance. I'd say it's probably sixty forty uh, that he does. Uh, and, and keep in mind, if he does play, then things aren't like it's either injury or lack of production that are causing that. So uh, in some ways, you don't want him to play. But but I would say that uh, that they wouldn't be hesitant to put him in based on the, his experience last year in the bubble and then what he did in the in the Western Hockey League hub uh, just proved that uh, that he is uh, he's beyond that level and and is ready to to take another step. I want to ask you this about, it's a non-VGK question, but it interests me because I've been yeah. kind of watching the Central all year, just the standings. We're not seeing a lot of their games. I get that. But if Tampa Bay is the third best team at this point in that division, like how good is that division? I know if they get to the four, they'd only see one of them maybe. But you look at that division, It, I mean, if they're the third best team, at least in points, like how good are those other two teams? I, I think it's one of the great stories of the National Hockey League season, Ed, and that's a good point by you to, to, to bring that up. Uh, Carolina has continued its ascent. Um, I'm a massive fan of their head coach, but they've rounded up their roster and they've they've bucked up to an offer sheet uh, by Montreal a couple of years ago. They've done some amazing things and they solved their goaltending uh, issues. Uh, they're they're a really solid to to great team. And the Florida Panthers are really the team that we expected last year that that didn't progress and they they made some 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 changes uh, to their personnel. And uh, and they they arguably have the best trade deadline acquisition in Sam Bennett uh, from a production standpoint, uh, and they also have a three headed uh, situation with their goaltending. Uh, they they're, they're they're great. Uh, I still think Tampa Bay is the best team in the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it, uh, they're they're a team that's going to get Kucherov back uh, miraculously after the playoffs uh, or after the regular season ends and he's eligible. Uh, which uh, which the National Hockey League will be keeping an eye on, and they expect to get Stamkos back. So they're going to get two uh, future Hall of Famers back in the lineup. I still think that they're the best team, but it's it's going to be a real battle to get out of that. One one thing to keep in mind there, Florida and Tampa Bay have never faced each other in the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, and mm-hmm. I think that that will be great if, if somehow we can get that out of uh out of that loop and, and create a, a bit of a, a rivalry out of that, but it's uh, it's it's 
uh, all the attention goes to the north and the east, and we focus on the west. But but that central with uh, with those three top teams is is going to be a real fight. Uh, will the NHL make the we'll say the Maple Leafs, for example, play home games in somewhere like Buffalo if they get to the Final Four and you can't travel between the border? So my uh, uh, my take on that and what I've uh, learned from from just speaking to different people, Tyler, is say it's Vegas and they get matched up against the Golden Knights, that the suggestion would be to put uh, the Canadian team, Toronto, in a place that's close by, like Arizona, uh, and, and you would go back and forth. Now, a couple of players have told me, why would we do that? Why wouldn't we just stay in Vegas and play our home games with our environment, like in arena atmosphere, that's that they're going to do in Arizona. They're just going to transfer it down, uh, and no fans, and just just not travel. So that it wouldn't would it be interesting that you play huh. uh, like the yeah. higher series wow. one arena, but but different uh, atmospheres. One you would have fans uh, for the Golden Knight games, and the other one you wouldn't have fans. Uh, but uh, with the with the Toronto Maple Leaf game presentation, so that's just been been uh, floated to me a couple of times by by players who say, "Why would we travel when we don't have to travel uh, and and just be able to settle in?" So that's that's a couple of different things. But I think I think the, the if if things go the way it's being talked about, it will be the team would be put into the closest sort of team. Uh, or city that uh, is near their their opposition. Uh-huh. Have you were already you, were you open your... for Buffalo no matter what? Wait, what'd you say? What'd were you, you say? open for Buffalo no matter what? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just threw Buffalo out there as an example because it's a northern city close to Toronto. I guess. Uh, okay. Okay. Now I get it. Yeah. Have Have you ordered your Honda West Division Champion T-shirt? <laughs> uh, with the uh, with the Honda badge. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the Would you pay forty nine ninety five? Yeah. Yeah. I think. It's, how about that though? Like, if if they can do it, that's three regular season banners in four years. Not just making the playoffs, but three banners in four years. The, in the anticipation. I don't know whether you guys uh, were, were of the same thinking, but the anticipation going into last night's game was uh, was so high, so mm-hmm. uh, uh, brilliantly exciting, and and. Uh, uh, energetic. Uh, I, I loved it, and I I kept thinking uh, like with a full, full building or, or another uh, surge in in, in attendance, uh, if, if we can add to it, it the playoffs are going to be awesome. Get out of here, Darren. We always take you Thank too you, long. Darren. I don't know. I don't know how this happens, but you're always on here way too long. Thank you. Thank so you, buddy. If you, could, if you could take a punter or a kicker, which which would it be? A punter or a kicker? Long snapper. Ah, <laughs> that's a good one. Nice. Thanks, Darren. All right. We will uh, we'll talk to our Sharp next. Our Sharp actually won. Plus, uh, some soccer team won a game yesterday. I don't know who it was, though. Our stats hogwash. Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678. It's time to find the sharp. Brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds.
Michael is back. He had the Golden Knights last night. They won 5-2, to two, so he's going for a two-game streak. We haven't even had a two-game streak in quite a while. So, Michael, where would you like to go tonight? Oh, tonight is uh, Taylor Hall's revenge game against the uh, Sabres. So I'm going to go with the Bruins <laughs> over the Sabres. <laughs> okay, that seems like a safe pick. We got you in for the Bruins beating the Sabres tonight. If so, you'll be two for two, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Mike. Don't worry, thanks. Okay. I like the we gotta we gotta rig the system so we can get somebody back up to eight like uh Ron was a while ago. Um and we have not come close to that. No, and we've tried rigging the system. We've had people picking right. soccer every day and it still it still doesn't work. The um, closest was Jared's fourteen parley, got three out of four. <laughs> what? Um I guess there was a soccer game yesterday. Oh yeah, you know it's it's tough when you're about to win a sandwich and you check on your game that started at noon at eight forty seven at night. Oh, uh, that you just kind of Google Man City and you see two one, you move on. I mean, you know they're going to win it all. So uh, yeah, it was it was, they, it was I I guess it was a good win for them. They got lucky yesterday, Ed. All right. They got lucky. I'll take luck. I'll take it was luck. unbelievably lucky. So first off, they go behind one nothing. Uh, but their first goal, scored by Kevin De Bruyne, was a cross. He was crossing it in. None of his teammates got to it, and it just bounced past the goalie. He wasn't yep. even shooting on purpose. And then the second goal that was scored was off a free kick, and two guys yep. for PSG in the wall just decided to open up and let the ball go straight through the wall. Nightmare. They shouldn't have scored either of those goals. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what the greatest part about this bet is? The two guys who are still in it, won't watch anything and doesn't care. And the guy who's obsessed with this and was the first one eliminated is actually watching these games. That makes the bet even better. Right there. Well, not that you'll be surprised by this, but I have another bet on soccer this year. So I have a rooting interest in most Ah. of these games anyway. Did you take Bayern Munich in that one too? Well, so I have a – me and two of my friends do a big bet every year where we pick six European teams and then we have a point system. And, and yeah, it's it's pretty complicated. But I did have Bayern Munich in that. But I also have Chelsea. So I still got hope to win the Champions League in that bet too. Did Tyler just Uh, bury the lead? He has friends? I was just (laughs) – it sounds like a gas and a lot of fun to do that. I don't know what you're talking about with a bunch of points and stuff. But uh, <laughs> if you're still in it, I, I'm very happy. I just know there's only two left in our bet. And neither of us until probably 9 o'clock last night even knew who won the game, which, is, which I, makes the I, bet great. I think Jared might have been watching it. I was. You watching it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Really? He's got free lunch on the line. He's all in. Why, have, why do I have the best team and haven't watched one second of any of this stuff? I, I don't know, because it's ridiculous. You don't have the best team. The best team is at home watching these two teams okay. play. It's ridiculous. Uh, Bayern Munich is the best team, and it's not close. So we're a week out for the next game, I think, right? They wait a week? Yes. Yeah, so Man City okay. and PSG will play on uh, Tuesday of next week, okay. and Chelsea right. and Real Madrid will play uh, Wednesday of next week, and yeah. that will, and then we'll have our final. But the final is not until like the end of May. I don't know what day it is, but probably the last Saturday in May. So we still have basically a month before the final of the uh, Champions League. So I have to wait that long? You do. Well, yeah, unless Jeez. unless Man City loses to PSG by two goals, then then yeah. we can just buy Jared Lunch right away. But yes. Good luck yeah. for that. Actually, no, no. I'm not buying Jared Lunch until it's over because 
they might try to do the Super League again and all these teams get kicked Aww. out. Maybe Bayern Munich gets awarded the title by default and then you have to buy me lunch. So yeah. I'm not the buying Super, Jared the Lunch. The Super League lasted a, such, such a long time last time. That, uh, hey, well it might be back. back. It might come back. <laughs> Barcelona has been like, we need this. We need the Super League. So I'm not ruling it out. Maybe it comes back, saves me, and I don't have to buy Jared lunch at the end of the day.